finally pumped my way up the log and like kind of fall in the creek and pull myself back into the shore and that was embarrassing and I look up my friends watching me from upstream and I'm like wait you didn't feel like saying something he's like you just went downstream it was fine and I was like asshole but another friend of ours had tried to walk the log and fell and like there's a video of it hit himself on the ribs and the phone goes flying into the creek and then spent like an hour trying to get the phone out of the creek and some guy pounds comes along and like gets the phone out with his toes somehow You're listening to the Hiking Through Podcast. I'm Erin Egan, and this is the podcast where I talk to experienced through hikers about their adventures on the trail and strategies for successfully completing a through hike. Today's guest is Beans, known off trail as Meg Davis. She started her golden through hiking adventures on the Pacific Crest Trail. Moving to the Continental Divide Trail, the bloom fell off the adventure. Others have mentioned her exploits 89 miles without stopping leaving the trail in Colorado. Here, she tells the story behind the story. You can find us at hiking-through.com, through spelled T-H-R-U, of course, where you can find show notes, photos, and links for any gear mentioned in this podcast. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcast and all the other podcast places. Enjoy my conversation with Beans. Hi. Perfect. Well, thank you for answering the call, so to speak. <laughs> no problem. Your your trail name is Bean, correct? Or was Bean, correct? Beans, yeah. Beans with an S. Yes, plural beans. Many beans. <laughs> yeah. How did, how did that come about? So my friend, Cheesebeard. Know I him? I have talked to you. Yes. He gave it to me. I ate nothing but beans. Uh, when I hiked the PCP, so he was like, your name's Beans now. And I was like, that's a stupid name. But <laughs> he just was everywhere <laughs> for like my entire hike. I'd run into Cheese all the time. I, he'd catch me introducing myself as Meg and he'd be like, oh, Beans. <laughs> and then he just kept being around on other trails. So I was like, I guess I'm Beans now. So it's really a testament to my friendship with him more than anything else. Mm-hmm. But it's fine. It is inoffensive. Inoffensive. Considering all the names yeah. that probably could be could be given, beans isn't bad. Yeah. No, it, beans is fine. It sounds like you came by, came by it pretty honestly. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I had a friend who almost got the name Milk Bag. And oh. I always think of that like, it could be worse. Definitely. Well, I was, I know I was looking at your, your Instagram pictures and you had one I believe it was from the PCT where you were like, okay, at the beginning of the hike, this was my food choices, or this is kind of what I had prepacked and whatever. And then there was during and after the hike, you're like, Oreos, 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 Oreos. <laughs> yeah, I think it's always arbitrary. It's hard. I tried some boxes on the PCT for a while. And after that, I was kind of, it's going to be a disaster. It's impossible to predict. I consistently like goldfish, but everything else is like... <laughs> On the Arizona Trail, I loved granola. So on the CDT, I was, I'll send myself granola. And then I hated granola. <laughs> like 100 miles in, I was like, I hate it, stupid. 
Did you, like, after you got to the point of, of hate, did you try to continue, or were you continuing to send resupply boxes, or you just say, like, hold them? I had the rest of them sent. I mean, I'd already bought the food. So oh. Might as well see if someone else wants it. And I'd want, like, other things in the box, and I wasn't going to call, like, my mom sent my boxes to the mm-hmm. CDT, and I wasn't going to call her, like, I need you to remove <laughs> these five things from the box. <laughs> so I just kind of gave it to friends who were like, this is disgusting. <laughs> granola you made three months ago yeah my friend phantom ended up eating a lot of my granola and i think she had like two weeks of okay and then she was like this is foul yeah she was over it as well Mm -hmm. yeah definitely was there anything that that you had did you do the at2 at at one point i did not no you did not okay so you've done the pct the cdt or part of the cdt and the arizona trail yeah, and I did most of the Hayduke route last spring. Okay. Was there any food that was consistent between all of them at all? Flavored blasted goldfish. <laughs> Absolutely the best. That's the staple. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just, I think, especially doing my last few trails have involved a lot of deserty, or like all of them have involved a lot of deserty, mm-hmm. hot, dehydrated days. And it's really because you like lose, I don't know. I don't know anything about the science of it, but they have stickers in the Grand Canyon. Victor didn't bring enough electrolytes. He didn't bring salty snacks. He died. Don't be like Victor. And it's like this guy throwing up. And yes, I've seen those. A lot of salt. They try to scare you, scare you sober, so to speak. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's fair. The Grand Canyon is not a joke, I guess. Well, particularly if you're going to try to do rim to rim. Yeah, in the middle of a 50-mile day. Like, in the middle it. of a- Yeah. Apparently, you had hiker legs at that point. Absolutely. The first time I got to the Grand Canyon was at the end of the Arizona Trail. And oh, we were that was, I think, we had hiked 10 miles, and then we did Grand Prairie, which was fine. And then the second time was at the end of the Hayduke. I had, like, a family emergency, so I was getting off the Hayduke. So I was like, oh, I'm going to do these last, like, 150 miles in three days. We're just going to run it. And so I went through... I did rim trail on my last day on trails. So it was a 45 mile day, and I just had a 60 mile day. And I was so tired, wow. so dehydrated. I was licking goldfish off my fingers in the canyon. That was, yeah. I was like, oh, I am Victor. <laughs> but it's yes. like, here, I hear it's great if you sleep at the bottom of the canyon. Yeah, Phantom Ranch is awesome. Yeah, it seems great. I've always walked by, like, oh, it seems relaxing, fun beautiful (laughs) it must be nice to not do the climb and the descent the hottest part of the day yeah and and climbing out of there especially if you're going north is a long hike yeah it's forever you're like ah this is the top it's not the top nope yeah so many falls and then you just really can't conceive of how large the canyon is from the top or the bottom true like some point in the middle when you're not at either place you want to be yeah. The grand. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's 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 pretty amazing, all things considered. Yeah, it is. Isn't on it? on the trail, the trails, I guess. Did you s- develop sort of any sort of eating habit or eating pattern like you'd wake up and you'd eat or you'd wake up and hike for a while and then eat and then lunch, dinner, like did you have any sort of program that you did? I it kind of depends on like whatever my hiking style is in a given on a given hike. So like on the PCT, 
I kind of did 20 something mile days, pretty Mm -hmm. normal. And I would consistently wake up, I'd drink coffee as I hiked at six in the morning, whatever, like coffee in a smart water bottle. Sometimes I would stop and eat breakfast. I pretty much don't stop for breakfast anymore. I just have like a bar and then I'll have a lunch maybe. Yeah, I don't, I'm not, I don't get hungry early in the morning as much, especially on trail when it's cold or it's hot or I'm just, oh, my body hurts. I can't even think about eating. Or you're not um, quite awake. I always, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not awake or it's just like you're up and it's dark and you're like thinking about bears. <laughs> I don't really want to eat. But I do, I always, almost always will stop for dinner. Okay. And like I, I usually cold soak. And, but even then I like to have like a dinner ritual because I think you kind of, provides this tiny sense of like habit or something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. Like when I stop to eat my cold rice, this is it. (laughs) This is the best part of my day. Yeah. But on the CDT, I cooked for a little bit. Cheese beard got me into mac and cheese. Yes. I was literally just editing editing that episode and he just was waxing poetic about mac and cheese. Because I had cold soaked and they'd made fun of me for, you know, like a year plus Mm -hmm. since I met them. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get a stove and cheese fruits. Like, let me take you to the gear store. <laughs> <laughs> so we like go to the gear store in Du Bois, Wyoming. We're like buying whatever ridiculously expensive stove. We go to the tiny grocery store and he's like, let me tell you about the different types of mac and cheese. There's extra creamy. There's three cheese. There's regular. And there's low calorie mac and cheese, which mm-hmm. no one would buy. No. But he's like, you got to go. I think he likes the... The, like thick and creamy or whatever it's called not surprising and he's like this like brand will cost this much and this brand you can expect to cost this much and this brand i was like why <laughs> wow i don't think i've ever known this much about like consuming a specific product but that's cool it was a study it was i mean i truly felt like i knew everything right after mm-hmm. that yeah did you did you start doing the mac and cheese thing or you stick with your your rice and i did mac and cheese I'd bring, if I had four dinners, I'd bring one or two mac and cheese meals. It tends to be a little heavier. It okay. is, I mean, it's all like nutritionally devoid in every way, but I, it kind of gave me stomach aches and it was a bit like heavy and it did require a lot of time and water to cook. Okay. And I liked, I liked knowing that I could cold soak my dinner if I wanted to. Like if I just right. didn't feel like cooking for some reason. Yeah. I stopped cooking after like 800 miles of cooking. (laughs) I don't know. It just isn't, I don't care about having hot food as much as a lot of people do. And that works for me. But a lot of people would be like, that's horrifying. Well, I I have to admit, and even though I've talked to any number of people at this point who who did cold soak, I, I just can't wrap my head around it at this point. Yeah. I think if you, I feel like it's something you kind of can know about yourself to a certain extent before you start hiking. Because mm-hmm. I read about cold soaking and I was like, oh, heck yeah, <laughs> I can do that. But that's just sort of how I am like in my day-to-day life in a lot of ways. It just, that sort of creature comfort isn't that important to me. Right. And I think for most people, they're like, obviously I want hot food. But I like the fluidity of not having to stop and cook. But I also like the communal aspect of eating dinner together. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you hike with a group like Cheesebeard and... Uh, I guess it was Deep Dug and and uh, Oil Can and, and all Pie on the Trail, the Rio Laura, the Explorer, Phantom, all of those guys. Now, were you guys kind of hiking as a group or you kind of just were a general trail family? You kind of come together and separate on any given day. And 
We, so I knew all of them except for Laura before the CDT. And I started around the same time as them. And I ended up waiting for them to catch up because I wanted a trail family. Okay. But usually because that was a really like exceptionally and excessively large group to hike with on the CDT. So we would kind of split up. There were some people, I guess, who got along better. Like you'd have this week I'm hiking with Trevor mm-hmm. or whatever. But on that trail, it was exceptional because it was a really big trail family. There were like 12 people, which is not like not my personal preference for a trail family. What would you prefer? But smaller? Three people or four okay. people. I think on the PCT, I hiked like a group of five in total for a bit. And then I hiked with three and then it was just me and one other person. And then on the Hey Duke, it was me and two other people. And on the Arizona Trail, it was me and two other people. But Okay. Yeah, I like smaller. It's just easier because eventually you'll get to town and someone's, I want to eat Mexican. And someone's, I want to eat Italian. And you're like, oh, how could you want to eat Italian? Yeah. You're a family. Someone wants to get a hotel and someone wants to camp or someone wants to leave town today and someone wants to zero. Like, it's rare that in a group of more than three people, all of your needs will align in a way that doesn't either cause some tension or require a decent amount of compromise. Right, right. It's It sounds... Like you're having to party plan every time you go into yeah, town. Yeah, it it's like party planning. You're like, we'll meet here. We'll go here. We're going to resupply. We're going to, there's a picnic bench in front of the Motel 6. We're going to mm-hmm. take it over. There's an outlet. I saw the outlet. This guy says there's water wherever. And you're like looking at the gut hook notes. You're depending on the trail. You're like consulting PDFs. And you're like, okay, someone in 2014 says this hotel was cheap. <laughs> oh, okay. And then after 2014, they got smart and it's not so cheap anymore. Right. Yeah. I think with Hayduke, it was so hard because not a ton of people do it. And there's mm-hmm. not like, I guess, apparently there's an app for it. Uh, HikerBot works for like the Hayduke and a bunch of other like niche-ish routes. Okay. But um, we did not use the app. So we had Spider Woman's Hayduke notes, <laughs> like <laughs> Runaway's Hayduke notes. And it would just be like this one dude in 2017 who was, yeah, I could climb up the thing. And then you like keep reading, you're like, oh, he's seven feet tall. <laughs> So, of course, you could just climb up the chimney. Right, right. Stuff like that. But it's, which is also a lot more adventurous and fun. And on the PCT, you're like, I know I can walk on this. It's a trail. Yeah. I mean, I've heard from pretty much everybody who's done the PCT that it's the best trail of the three, or probably of more, but but of the three main ones, it's it's the best trail. It's the most consistent. It's the cleanest. It's beautiful sights, so forth. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's consistently gorgeous, but it's perfectly graded. <laughs> it's got like a cool community. The weather's awesome. Mm-hmm. You get the highs and lows are really like well balanced in a way that feels like an epic. <laughs> um, it's just, it's nice. It's like really good experience um, in a way that a lot of other trails, why are we here? <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> yeah, which kind of sounds a little bit like your CDT adventure. Yeah, that was most of the CDT was like that. When yeah. you went to do the CDT, was that, were you looking for an experience, I guess, similar to what you had on the PCT, you know, through hiking and, and so forth? Were you looking for something else and the CDT seemed to answer that and then you got out there and it wasn't what you expected or? I definitely went to the CDT chasing ghosts in a sense from the PCT. Like I thought it would be the same like grand beautiful incredible adventure and it was it is a grand incredible adventure but i wanted it to be just not (laughs) what it was i think 
mm-hmm. and I had just done the Arizona Trail beforehand. I I ultimately wasn't that excited about like where we were. I had no great passion to walk across Montana, <laughs> and and it, I felt guilty about it. I was like, I should want this. I should want to like do the CDT and do the gnarly thing and like do the other big trail and have another four or five month adventure. And I got mm-hmm. out there and I mean, I was out there for like three and a half months. Mm-hmm. I did most of it, but I reached a point where I was like, I'm not happy. This isn't the adventure I wanted. This isn't, I want this to be the PCT, but I also want just this to not be a through. I don't want to be through hiking in that moment. And that mm-hmm. was a really hard conclusion to reach. Yeah. Which, yeah. Cause there's so much embrace the brutality, be the strongest, do the triple crown, whatever. And yeah. I had thought I wanted that. And I was just like, mm, it's done. <laughs> Turns out. What changed your mind about it? Like I, I, I just look kind of looking at your pictures and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It seems like it sounds like you also, I mean, you, you got Giardia further North, but cause you, cause you got off on the San Juans, right? In Colorado. Yeah. Around there. From from what I'm understanding, around the time that the the big that big kind of freak storm hit, mm-hmm. yeah. But it it's not like just watch, looking through your pictures on Instagram and stuff like that. It sounds like you had a you know some variation of like altitude sickness as well. Like you just you weren't eating and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, I struggle with altitude, but then again, I struggled with it on the PCT as well. But I was more mm-hmm. willing to like put up with it, whereas right. I think my, just my heart wasn't, like, I didn't want to be doing it. My heart wasn't in it. I missed my friends and I missed my cat and I missed working a normal job. And I think as compared to other trails on the CDT, I didn't have a clear place to go to after I got off trail. So I kind of felt like I had this unfinished business of where am I going to live? What am I going to do for money? Like, who, who do I want to be? And like, what kind of person do I want to be? Mm-hmm. And a lot of those questions felt more pressing to address than like, oh, I need to walk across New Mexico also. Right. And at that point, I'd been on trail for like almost five months already this that year. Right. So it was kind of like, eh, whatever. <laughs> and I think you need the time away from it to appreciate what's really beautiful about it. Going on the Hey Duke is really nice. And I find myself these days kind of like, oh, I miss hiking. I definitely hike again. Or, like, eager to hike again, not just absentmindedly, right. like, I guess I'd do it. But I find myself, like, wanting it, which is a good... Anyway, it's hard to lose something that you really... Or feel like you've lost something that you really love. And, like, to lose that passion for it. Yeah. But... No, absolutely. It's awesome. Yeah. So I don't know. That was, yeah. And I think also the large, like, the group dynamics of that hike specifically were not awesome. Mm-hmm. And that was... A probably the biggest reason that I quit was I just wasn't like they were shooting a documentary and I, yeah, I saw that or I saw your post on it. Yeah. I don't agree with a lot of the ethics of it. Mm -hmm. And I really struggled with that. And yeah, I got off trail. Yeah. Now, because I know that that, I mean, that's a really hard choice to make. And there's a lot of, there's probably a lot of peer pressure around it as well. How, yeah. how long did it take for you to, I'm going to say be okay with it, but, but be settled with it. Be like, yeah, this is the right thing for me to do now, regardless of 
you know, pressure and pressure on myself and, and so forth? I think I, I reached a point where I think I was on the phone with like a really good friend or something like on trail. And I was just sitting outside of the trail in Colorado on the phone with a friend crying. Yeah. And she was like, you know, you don't always have to do what feels like the hardest thing. And you know, that if every day you wake up and you feel like it's the worst and you don't, I mean, she's like, there are other battles to fight and there are other ways to grow and you're not a quit. I mean, like you're literally quitting, but you're not a quitting. Yeah. You're not like weak. Yeah. Trail culture can be very like, be the most masculine, badass, hardcore, like whatever, all the time. And sometimes the badass thing is to say, like, I've had enough and I'm done and I don't want to do this right now. Right. And the braver thing. Yeah. I mean, the braver thing is to listen to yourself and be able to hear, really hear yourself. And I didn't like the kind of person that I felt like I'd become around my group dynamic. Mm -hmm. I was drinking too much and I was upset a lot of the time or just like frustrated with people and I felt like I didn't like the way that that group specifically interacted with people in town. I thought they were kind of disrespectful and like not everyone, but like certain members yeah. of the group. And I just struggled with that a lot. Cause I feel like one of the most beautiful things about hiking is that you get to meet lots of people from like different paths of life who have different experiences and deeply like kind people who want to like share their story and hear your story. And I think that's the best part of hiking. And I felt like this was like a documentary career without, to try to get a story, but it wasn't actually about anyone's story, but this one dude in terms right. of it. And I think when I listened to myself and thought, well, like, who do I want to be? I was like, I don't want to be the kind of person who supports this. And by continuing this hike, I'm not going to like run away from them. I'll do something else. I'll leave. It's fine. Yeah. The trail's not going anywhere. You can always come back to it. Yeah. Trail's going to be there. That, those roadblocks in New Mexico will be waiting for me. <laughs> I will live with it. Yeah. 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 No, I don't. Yeah. I've never, I never regretted it. There was no question for me. Once I decided this is it, this is the right one, the right choice. Yeah. Personally, you know, I, I, um, I applaud, I am in awe of your ability to be in touch with yourself. You know what I mean? Cause a lot of times that can get lost. And so your ability to, to listen to yourself and actually do what is best for you. Yeah. I think it can be hard on trail too, because you're so isolated from like every support network mm -hmm. you've had outside of hiking. Yeah. And I mean, like, like I, I try to call my friends and I try to call my like mom and my dad, but you're isolated from that and you're isolated from like your structure beliefs that existed prior to hiking. So it's hard not to get caught up. Everyone I've met in the last three days, which is this one group of dudes, mm -hmm. thinks this thing. That's right. <laughs> and it's hard right. to, I don't know. But you also have a lot of time to be kind of like introspective and think over what am I doing and why am I doing it? Because if you're not fully in it, those thoughts will catch up to you. Yeah. It's very painful trail. to not be fully into it. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it's a horrible feeling. You're like, oh, I've given up my life or, you know, like to some extent your life. Yeah. Not really. To like go do this thing and I thought it would be epic and I hate it. I'm miserable. <laughs> like yeah. I'm doing this beautiful, incredible, awesome thing that I'm so privileged and lucky to do, but I'm unhappy. So you were hiking a sort of a trail family, but did you hike solo very much? Or were you always kind of in a group as you were hiking? I like to walk kind of alone. 
Okay. I'd say it's pretty infrequent that I'd be like neck and neck with someone else. I tend to walk on my own mm-hmm. and usually kind of, you get really good at like looking at the footprints in front of you and being like, cheese dude's this far ahead and pies right <laughs> behind him. And, like, and you just like, really, like, that's an ultra footprint. <laughs> I see it two miles away. You became a tracker. Yeah, kind of. And I like to hike kind of in the back of the pack. I like to know that my friends are in front of me. Mm-hmm. I guess I find that more comforting than like waiting for them to catch up. And I'm also shorter and slower than basically all of them. <laughs> so I, yeah, but I like to hike alone and kind of listen to music or listen to podcasts and have, you know, months and months alone with my thoughts, I guess. Yeah. What kind of podcasts do you listen to? I listened to, it really depends on the trail. I listen to a lot of like conversational podcasts, Nicole Antoinette's podcast which is just her talking to someone for two and a half hours. And it's super positive and cute. I listen to, I think, the Duncan Trussell Family Hour. I like, I like comedy. Hour. I like interviews. I like, it's definitely not like family oriented at all. <laughs> just to be but clear. Just, anything that'll make, just to be clear, it's not family. He's a comedian, I think. I had another hiker recommended him to me. But yeah, anything that'll make me laugh out loud on trail, two dope queens. I peed myself listening to it on trail from laughing. Mm-hmm. And then I'd catch up to Laura and be like, oh my God, this podcast. And she'd be like, I'm literally not listening to this podcast. I have no idea what you're talking about. But but that's a good podcast when you when you tell the stories to other people. Yeah. You're like describing what happened in the podcast. And they're like, I cool. You were also mentioning uh, or noting on, I think, your Instagram that you... Brought, cro- brought crossword puzzles with you and that kind of thing? Yes. <laughs> I love crossword puzzles. Um, yeah, I'll buy like the, I think they're the penny press. I always call them the Pennywise crosswords, which is absolutely the clown from it, not the name of the crosswords. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> they're like the cheap, there's a certain brand of cheap crossword that you can get at like any grocery store. And I'll pack out a whole book of those. They're pretty light. <laughs> uh, they were just, my friends made fun of me because they were like, you don't even have pants. Just packing out crossword puzzles, and I was like, priorities. Yep. I don't need pants. I'm in my sleeping bag doing crosswords. It's awesome. Was that your sort of wind down at the end of the day type of thing? Yeah, I would do that. On the, some part of the CDT, I realized you could download Netflix shows. Oh, my God. So I would like download Netflix, and I was hiking with this guy named Hard Time, and he'd download his Netflix shows, and we'd be in our separate parts, like watching Netflix in like the clearing. Oh, wow. And I, yeah, so I watched a lot of Netflix on the CDT and on the Hey Duke. And the next day I'd be like, oh, guys, last night on on my block, right? <laughs> this is what happened. And they were like, oh, my God, tell me more. There's no, like, external stimulation on the Hey Duke. Mm-hmm. So we're just <laughs> going through the plot of this show. And they're like, cool. So you became the bard. Yeah, the bard of a television series produced by Netflix. Exactly. Yeah. You, yeah. you would be the bard for your for your group right. you would then yeah, relate right. the stories to them i think they're like stop like it's nature you're supposed to be in nature i'm like netflix <laughs> but i definitely just felt like especially after being that spending that much time on trail in like a couple of years mm-hmm. i was just like i kind of want to be like a normal 26 year old and uh, watch tv at night <laughs> right Did think about any- petty teen dramas oh jesus yeah did you have any problems with battery charges or did you have an extra battery with you to keep your phone charged or things like that 
I so I got a 10k anchor battery pack, which is pretty standard. I didn't have issues. I have an iPhone SE, which is the budget iPhone, right? And it's really it has really good battery life. So I never had issues. I could charge my phone like eight times from my battery pack, which wow. basically I never, I almost never needed to do. And I'm pretty good about it during the day. During the day, I would listen to music, but it would already be downloaded, so it didn't mm-hmm. use a lot of battery. And on a lot of trails, you're not constantly checking GPS. The Hayduke was definitely more restrained because I did use my phone a lot for GPS. But right. yeah, I think on this PCT, it was like, I need a 20K battery pack, which is an insane amount of battery. Uh, yeah. So you could charge your phone for like a month on trail, but you just don't need it because you're in town enough. Then it right. takes like a few hours to charge a pack. Did you have any mental. Because so much of hiking is mental, you know, I mean, in Mm -hmm. terms of you got to get on the trail, you got to do 20 miles today, you got it, it's the routine of it, and so forth. And so much of it is mental. I mean, other than than what was going on in the CDT, did you have any mental questions, whatever, when you were doing PCT, where you're like, I just don't want to be here today, or any rules that said, okay, if I feel like this for X number of days, then I really need to look at it or I really need to think about it. Um, the PCT, I never, I, it was weird. And the PCT, I never struggled with, do I want to be here? It was my first hike and I was amped the entire time. Mm-hmm. I think on the CDT, I adopted cheese beers. It's like his one week rule. <laughs> okay, and yeah. Like, I don't want to do it for a week, then I'll quit. And I verbally adopted that, but in practice, I quit kind of after weeks and weeks of talking about it. I was, today's the day, and I just quit. <laughs> I couldn't get back on. Right. I mentally, it really depends. I think it's varied so much trail to trail. Like on the AZT, it was just so deeply lonely and so isolated. I was so afraid of mountain lions suddenly. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I was. I had been like really involved in my social life at home and I loved my job and I was really sad to leave my friends in my life in Wisconsin. And so I think I felt a lot of grief, but felt like the loss of my old life, even though I was gone for a month somehow. Right. Yeah. And on the CDT, I wrote all these super sad journal entries that were like, what if I am never, like never belong in a place again, or I never fall in love or I never, et cetera coped with loneliness but in a little bit of a darker more like intense way right. relative yeah. to the ATT. On the hater code, oh my god I'm going to fall off this cliff and die just <laughs> every day. The really? description for like the rat on the hater could be like you will approach an impassable pour off but alas there's one way down to the left be careful. <laughs> we call this wash we hope so wash and you're like what the fuck <laughs> it was down like it does seem impassable. <laughs> I'm not sure about this one. Wow. So you had, you had a poet as well as not helpful instructions. It was, yeah, there was like, there's the guidebook for the Hey Duke, which was written by these two guys, Mike and Joe, who just like went and explored an exhaustive exploration of the canyons in Southern Utah until they found like a cool route to do. Their descriptions are kind of funny because it's like, we were out here for two weeks, just going up every little part of the canyon looking for some water where we found none. <laughs> like, ah, God. It sounds almost more better like as a, a Mark Twain type of travel journal. than uh... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You really get to feel like you are the original explorer, which is a little weird. 
Yeah, I would say the mental trials differed trail to trail. I was more mm-hmm. actively afraid for my life on the Haiti. <laughs> yeah. And the person I was hiking with was like, get over it. And then like she'd have a moment. She's like, oh, my God. And later she'd be like, that never happened. <laughs> Don't gaslight me. It was scary. <laughs> we both know it was scary. Just admit it. No, yeah, like it was horrifying. It was a slick rock overlooking a 200 foot drop. It was scary. I don't know. Or you'd end up off route and just be like, this can't be the way. Seems like an actual climb. One you would use ropes for. Yeah. But somehow you made it. Somehow. Yeah. I loved it, but it was terrifying. Yeah. Now, what pushed you out onto the PCT in the first place? I, so I, had, I went to school for computer science. And I want to be a software developer. That's it. That's what I want to do. I was, I need to make money. I want to be comfortable. I'm going to do this thing. And I did it for eight months and was, I hate it. <laughs> I don't care. Mm-hmm. And went back to food service and was just sort of like floundering with things. What do I want to do with my life? Money definitely won't make me happy. And I just kind of like, I hang out with my friends and I chill and I kind of write sometimes and I, drink and I spend too much time looking at the internet and it's making me sad yeah and I want to say I was reading Born to Run or something an ultra running book like oh ultra running seems like way too much work I'll get into through hike because that will be less work it was just like a delusion I was like I'm not strong enough to ultra run but I think I can walk so I was like yeah I'll just do the PCT and I told five people that I was going to do it and they were like that's insane. Because um, I, you know, it was not super, I think like, I ran, but I wasn't super fit. I smoked, mm-hmm. still smoked a lot. And then I just went and continued to do it. And then it was done. How many miles did you start out doing uh, in the desert? What did kind of, what was your mileage starting out? It was like in the 20s. I was pretty consistent. Starting out? Yeah, like my first day was 20 and 18. And then I think it, the desert on the PCT is pretty chill. There is kind of like a feverish excitement about it. Mm-hmm. And I started in May and I had been running and I worked like on my feet. So it wasn't this massive okay. shift in a lot of ways. But I was like, bah, I work 12 hour waitressing shifts. I'll be able to walk for 12 hours a day, 16, whatever. And yeah, it was really like an oddly easy transition. I was in a relationship when I started the PCT, which I just immediately ended and was, I'm a free agent. I need to be free. And just got left everything like emotionally behind and felt really immersed. So I think it was mm-hmm. easy to put a lot of energy into pushing myself physically because I was, you know, 23, no responsibility. Fresh legs. Yeah, but I think people who feel like a stronger connection, family back home or things like that, struggle more because they really want to spend that time in town, maintain and nurture those relationships, which is really right. important. <laughs> but the yeah. but the freedom of kind of cutting yourself loose from that, you know, allows you to focus on the trail as well. Yeah. I, I mean, I felt that way. I think I would feel differently about it in the future mm-hmm. because I'm not the same person. <laughs> but yeah, I think every experience I've had on trail has been, a bit different and every individual's experience in terms of like what you're going to need to do to feel successful or be successful will vary depending on like the relationship with yourself, people in your life, the trail. I think some people get out there and they're like, you know what? I don't want to walk 20 miles a day. It sounds horrible. (laughs) I'm not doing it. (laughs) And I think that's totally valid too. Hike your own hike. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, people will say hike your own hike and they say it super like, yeah, whatever, hike your own hike, you loser. But it's, it is good advice. And I think if you watch like John Zahorian or whatever, and he's like, I walked 60 miles for no reason. And that's the way to do it. I have transcended human needs or whatever. And you're like, okay, like not everyone needs to do that. Not to slam John Z. Just that right. I think I've heard a lot of people who are like, oh, he does this. And that's so amazing. And I wish I could do that. And it's not anyone is less valid for not being able to do that. And like, I, I personally really like to hike really big days. I think it's great and you get out of your body and it's fun. But I also wouldn't want to be like, this is the way. <laughs> this is not the right. way, it's a way. It's escaping the peer pressure, because everywhere you go, there's some sort of peer pressure, but escaping the peer pressure that says you have to do something one way, even even so much yeah. as like you have to have a certain pack or you have to have a certain base weight or you, you know, you're yeah, silly, you're foolish if you don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the base weight thing has just gotten so, it's so ridiculous. When I started the PCT, I had like a normal sized pack and I was like, oh, I must strip it down. And I got my base weight, like, super down. And then I was, someone was like, oh, you don't, like, I can't remember what it was. I was like, yeah, I don't give a shit. I just, I'm going to use frog togs because, and they're not, like, the lead. There's something lighter. I don't know. It was some minor thing. And they were like, oh, you don't care about those three ounces? And I was like, why would I care about those three ounces? <laughs> it, was a Cuban, it was a Cuban fiber burn. I have, like, you know, the, the, the Pleiadians burn, <laughs> whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I have, like, it's made of dynema. It's a great pack. It's super light. Some of them was like, oh, the Cuban, though, the three ounces. I was like, no, one, it doesn't. Like, three ounces multiplied over all of your items might make a difference. One Even item there, of three ounces. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, if I wearing a Cuban fiber pack on the Hayduke, it would explode. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. So people get way too into it. I love reading the, the memes. I love the memes about it. They're hilarious. I haven't the seen these. Is oh, the- oh, it's like, it's a it's like ultralight jerk or something. Let me see. And they will just post things about quote unquote bushcraft. <laughs> I don't know. It's goofy. It's a little, it's a bit much, but it is funny. Makes fun of the, the cult that is <laughs> ultralight right. backpacking. Um, they're like, take the Costco quilt and like rebuild it into a lighter quilt. I was like, who, who cares? Or not. <laughs> I, discounted. <laughs> I discounted the latent equipment. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah. You probably hate all the things you first get anyway, and like just get what's cheap. Speaking of that, how much did your pack change, or what you were carrying change from Campo up to Northern California into Washington and or Oregon and Washington? I want to say on the PCT, I only changed my backpack on trail, mm-hmm. and it was after the PCT that I changed my shelter and my sleeping bag. I hated my sleeping bag on the PCT. It was Do not tell. warm enough. I was cold. So oh. I got an enlightened equipment. It was a 20 degree and it just wasn't warm enough. It just in no way was enough. Like I sleep cold and I just kind of knew that I slept cold. It didn't really know. And I got out there and was like, I guess people are just cold all the time. <laughs> like just use this sleeping bag. It was horribly freezing for five months. On was trail. it actually a sleeping bag or was it a quilt? It was a quilt. And I, okay. I don't think, it, I don't think I hate quilts. I think I hated that quilt. Right. But I got like a Z-Packs bag. Z-Packs does sales, which like sometime in the middle of winter, or they did in 2016, 2017. So I got like a discounted shelter and sleeping bag through them. And I love that sleeping bag. And so many people hate their Z-Packs bags, but I love it. And I feel like that's so emblematic of like how 
different every person's experience will be with their gear. Like, I love it, but five of my friends think it's the worst thing they ever used. I hated my online equipment, but tons of people love them. Right. I think some of it might be like a quality control thing, but some of it's just personal preference, what you're looking for. What what uh, Z-Pack bag did you get? I got you the know? 10 degree. I got okay. it in long. I got like a super long one. <laughs> I'm like 5'5". Five, five. Like the longest one, so I like shimmy down into it every night. Like, oh, sounds nice. It's what it's incredible because I got a short bag on the PC sheet for some reason, and yeah, I were counting those ounces. Yeah, like can't have my bag be long. Um, yeah, so I like the Z packs, and I use that on the AZT, CDT, Hey Duke. It's probably due to be replaced sometimes. Yeah, (laughs) like I'm I'm not doing it. Yeah, I like that. Did you also, or, or I guess, what kind of mattress? Did you have uh, egg crate or inflatable or? I use, so I had the eighth inch Gossamer gear, that like comically thin, floppy thing. Okay. It's, it's totally, I don't know. It's, I don't know how to describe it. It's just like a very, it's an eighth inch thick piece of foam. And then I had a torso length Neoair. And then okay. I would intermittently get rid of the torso length Neoair, but I love the Neoair. It's, awesome so why did you get rid of it i feel like i need to say wait i'm like this is why i think ultralight is a lie (laughs) i love that inflatable pad i hate sleeping on that eighth inch pad and i learned how deeply i hated it because i'm a hater i got a new new era right beforehand because i was you know what the other one's been through a lot i used it on like these other three trails i don't want it to pop in the middle of nowhere on the hey duke so i get a new one and something is like wrong with it and i don't realize until i'm on the hey duke Oh and it, no! Like, will not stay inflated, and I'm like in a bathtub, the one hotel in the Hayduke, like trying to figure it out. And I'm just like, I guess I'm sleeping on a deflated newware old trail. That, or basically, that, you're sleeping on the ground. <laughs> I said, yeah, I slept straight on the ground. Like I hate this stupid pad. Yeah, that was really upsetting. Did you have a a pillow, or did you save on that? Save your weight on no, that? No, I did not. I did not have a pillow. I because usually sometimes I would sleep with my uh, you know my food bag as a pillow. Mm-hmm. More so on the PCT. On the CDT, I really didn't. Because I was like, uh, I guess like as soon as the food bag's in my tent, I'm already bear food. But like something, if, as long as I'm not using it as a pillow, it feels less insulting to the bears. Less insulting, huh? Yeah. And on the CDT, not the CDT, on the Hayduke, I had like a little bit of extra clothing. I'd use that as a pillow, but usually I would just be like, face in the dirt. How do you like to sleep? Back, side, front? I'm a, I'm a side sleeper. How the hell did you sleep with? Okay. Horribly. I slept horribly. I was just like, sometimes I would take, like, I had a buff and I put the buff underneath my hip bone mm-hmm. and just try to, and I, I mean, I sleep pretty easily, I guess, but I would sleep often on my side and like kind of on my front or like in a weird fetal position, like try to like move one boob to be like underneath my you're just like where you just move a lot of body fat and like as you lose weight it gets harder and harder and harder and you're like how much weight did you lose out there it varied i lost 20 pounds on the pct okay i lost a lot of weight on the pct i got really sick at the end and i was down i was like very unhealthily thin and i struggled with my diet okay two questions from that when you said you got really sick was that giardia or was that something else I think it was Giardia. I went to the doctor in Wisconsin. They were like, it seems because it happened like right as I was finishing trail and I just kept losing weight after trail. And I was well, I'm not hiking anymore. Why am I still right. losing weight? 
I got down to like 105 pounds and I was this is so thin, definitely not healthy. I'm kind of freaking out. And then I was at work and I just passed out. So I went to the doctor and they were like, well, have you been eating? I was like, no, I've actually had diarrhea for like a month and I've been throwing up. Jesus. I, like, I feel horrible. And they were just like, Where, what have you been doing? I was like, oh, I was backpacking across the country. And they were we think it's giardia and they tested me like, okay, so like, we're just going to treat you for giardia. And then I got better. So, <laughs> there you go, giardia. So, um, so possibly. Probably giardia. Yeah, that sucked. And then when I got sick at the beginning of the CDT, it was even worse because <laughs> I was still hiking and just had to Ugh. poop like every 10 minutes. <laughs> it was just like, yeah. ah, like jumping off trail, pooping, like continuing to walk, jumping off trail, like couldn't eat, couldn't drink. This girl I met was, oh my gosh, here's some emodium. And I was, you're my god. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. You're and my like, hero. I love you. She's like, don't touch me. <laughs> love yeah, from a distance. I got to Lincoln, Montana, and I had like called the one ridge line with cell service and been like, can you help me? And they were like, yes. Will you be here? I was like, I don't know. Tomorrow. I'll be there tomorrow. Like, ran to Lincoln, Montana. The doctor was like, you are sick. And I was like, yes. And gave me Fodgel for $2, which was incredible. That is incredible. Okay. Yeah, it was great. And then I just was like on flagell for the next week, which sucked. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I would definitely. I carried a flagell on the Hey Duke. So I was like, not this time. <laughs> Never Be again. Yeah. But it is horrible. And once it's happening, like once it's happened more than once, you're like, oh, this is what this is. And flagell is kind of like a bomb to your gut. It's ter- I mean, like it's horrible for you. Mm-hmm. Very hard to be on flagell and hike or do anything. I, yeah, I mean, I carry it because I just, like... Been there, done that, was, don't need to yeah. do it again. Yeah, it's just so miserable. You're like, oh, if I just had this one drug, it'd be fine. Yes. I, I, circling back to, to sleeping, did you have a tent? Did you cowboy camp? I cowboy camped a lot. I have a, like, I think it's called the Solomid or the Hexamid, whatever the cheaper Z-Pax tarp is. Okay. And I got it like without the bathtub bottom, which makes it a hundred dollars less, which is crazy that someone would pay a hundred dollars for a Cuban fiber ground sheet. But I liked that a lot. I was really happy with that. I used the tent on the PCT and I hated it. I don't I think I just was like, setting up tents is annoying. Right. Cowboy camping is the way. I think freestanding tents are nice because it'd be like, I wanna sleep on this rock, but I don't want to be touched by bugs. Mm-hmm. It's great. I definitely would never go like to use anything that didn't have bug netting. The bugs on the PCT were insane. The bugs on the CDT were bonkers. They <laughs> just like this was big biting flies, mosquitoes, like just all every kind of flying biting creature. Yeah. Now, if you're doing a tarp without a bottom on it, you're basically just. Mm-hmm. I take it just staking the sides down into the ground to, to create some sort of barrier. I think so for mine, mine does have like a bug net bottom. So it's like Cuban fiber top bug net bottom. And then there are guy lines and you stake the guy lines out. And then like okay. the bug net drapes down underneath and you put your ground sheet like inside of mm-hmm. that, like a weird little cocoon. And that's fine. It's definitely annoying to set up. I was never like excited to set up my tarp. But it's really light and it wasn't as bulky as tent poles or any of that stuff. So I appreciated that. 
I just, I've hated, I just hate shelters in general. <laughs> like, I've never been like, I like my shelter. I think it's good. It protects me from the rain. It protects me from the bugs. It's not horrible to set up. Right. It's the compromise. But I just, it's a compromise. Anything you have to set up every night to sleep in, you're going to resent, I think. Yeah. And you didn't have any problems with the mosquito net bottom getting uh, holes in it or cutting, being oh, cut wow. or anything like that? Okay. Lots of problems. Oh, yeah. No, it's full of holes. And the thing is, it's just you, so like some other companies make designs where like a little bit of bug netting hangs down and then it just touches the ground and that's it. Mm-hmm. And like for Z packs, it goes all the way under. So like usually anything where there is a hole is something that's touching the ground, your ground sheets on top of it. So bugs aren't really going to be like flying up through that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have issues with uh, like I'd roll over my sleeve and like my arm would be up against the bug netting and then the bugs would come and sting me through the bug netting. Oh. That was weird. That was horrible. I just wake up and be like, oh, this is my house. But that sucked. Very much so. It's bug netting yeah. without actually helping. Yeah, it helps. And it's, it's doing what it's supposed to do. It's just like a small shelter. So uh, here I am with the mosquitoes. Oh my God. While you were hiking, did you have any sort of garment in reach or anything like that with you or were you just relying on your phone i brought a spot on the pct i think i checked in twice i would not bring a spot on the pct specifically again otherwise i never used one i knew people who used in reaches mostly people whose parents felt a lot better knowing where they were yeah. and my parents for the most part i assume slept okay at not knowing where i was they were like oh whatever so I think it's kind of like depends on if my loved ones had been super like up and up about it. Stressed then about I would you. Have done it. Yeah. But on except with the exception of the Hey Duke, I was never like, oh, I really wish I had this for safety. On the Hey Duke, I really wished I'd had one for safety because okay. there were a lot of times where, oh, if I fall, no one's going to come. No one's going to just right. find me. <laughs> There's no self-service within like days and days of walking from here. That can be scary. You're going to become bleached bones. Yeah, you'll be bleached bones real quick. And there's a lot of stuff that really, you really could fall or like you could go the wrong way and like end up in the wrong part of the canyon. Like if you broke your phone, which you were using as your GPS, and like you hadn't been looking at the maps lately, like you're screwed. Yeah. And yeah, that's one, that's the only trail because there are things that if you like broke your leg, you couldn't continue on the trail. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you could kind of like drag a broken body a bit of a way down the PCT, but you're not really <laughs> going to be able to climb a chimney with <laughs> a broken leg. Right. That's quite the image, though. Uh, bro- a, a broken body dragging yourself down the PCT. Well, people, people break yeah. legs and stuff all the time. Not all the time, but yeah. But, and, and I guess the, the PCT, certainly the AT, and even the CDT to some extent now, is getting busy enough that if you stay on trail, somebody will pass you. Yeah. I remember the PCT as being a freeway, which I think is not accurate. Mm-hmm. I remember it was like people every 30 minutes, which some days is the case. And some days you've got to wait a little bit. Right. But for the most part, as long as you were on the PCT, someone's going to come by like that day. Absolutely. Yeah. Unless you had been like attacked by a bear. There's really nothing that's really going to. I think when people die, it's usually like they got off trail, they fell, or like they were there in Washington in October or something like that. Right, got caught in a storm and, and froze or, or something like that. Yeah. Hypothermia. Yeah. Did you have any issues or concerns about safety, like animals or hitchhiking or? I think hitchhiking is the scariest thing you'll do on trail. 
for the most part, because it's just such a chance. Like, there's just, it has, there's so few control factors you can take mm-hmm. in your own hands. Whereas I was rarely concerned about weather. It had like lightning scares, I guess. And I think I've run into bears. And, <laughs> I don't like that. On the PCT specifically, I was not that afraid of the wildlife. Because mountain lions might like watch you, but they're really not going to attack you. So the, okay. Like, the majority. <laughs> but you'll like, you'll hear lots of stories of hikers really. And then I looked up and I saw a mountain lion. Um, and like black bears are the only kind of bear in the PCT. And they mm-hmm. will like run away screaming when they see you. And like, it was much scarier on the CDT because grizzly bears kind of aggressive will yeah not not afraid <laughs> i would say you're yeah, basically lunch thinking. you are lunch you could be lunch i mean they're all herbivores for the most part mm-hmm. but it's still like bears are scary and they're very cute and you're like oh my god they would never and they look at you and they're like girl <laughs> you're like not cute never mind all the over here but yeah just hitchhiking i think hitchhiking in utah is consistently weirder than hitchhiking anywhere else what? a lot of hitches with guns on the cdt oh. utah is like we hitchhiked from Kanab to Moab at the start of the Hayduke, which is like across Utah. And mm-hmm. we just had like just a series of hitches who were like driving off the road or like clearly on something or like we hitched in a semi. My friend fell asleep in the back of the truck and I was in the front with the pee bottles and like the porno mags. And it's just like, oh my God. And he's like, I'm here to save you. And I was like, oh my God, really need this hitch or I'd be like, we were getting out of the car immediately. Mm-hmm. But it was a little thrilling to ride in the cab of a semi going down, I think it was 70 in Utah, you know, Canyon Country. I don't so know. You can, just you can check that box. You've done it now. Yeah. Semi hitch. We were like, yes, hitch bingo. We got a semi. And then we were like, never need to do that again. Absolutely do not want to do that any other time. So no other, were you mostly hitching with somebody else, another hiker with you, or did you ever have to hitch by yourself? I almost always hitch with other people. I think it's way less terrifying. Yeah. I have hitched alone a few times. I hitched alone near like, uh, it's like Silverwood Lake, like outside of LA. I like somehow, somehow got off the very well-marked PCT and ended up elsewhere in a campsite. And these dudes are fishing and they're like, what are you doing? (laughs) I am lost. Do you want to ride? And they're like, why are you here? And I was like, I'm walking across the country, but I'm not very far. They're like, oh my God, you're like Reese Witherspoon. And I was just like Reese Witherspoon. (laughs) Put me in the car. Just like. (laughs) Yeah. And they were just some drunk middle-aged dudes fishing. So it was a little Mm -hmm. sketchy, but I was whatever. Take me back to trail. And they're like, we know where it is. But, and I hitched alone in Wyoming a few times, which was fine. I usually get picked up by like dads who are like, I would never let my daughter do this. And I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. College age dudes who are like, that is so rad. Oh, yes. They're, they're very excited. Yeah. They're like so cool, but they don't want to like appear too excited. Lest they seem uncool. Yes. I, yeah, it was, I lived in Wyoming for like a year this past year. And hitching is just like a super normal part of the culture there. Oh, okay. Okay. Cause it's, basically trail but in a town mm-hmm. and that made it feel like more normalized then so then like to move to LA and be like oh <laughs> I would never hitch in North Hollywood no. a little different no I mean Uber and Lyft are about as close as you get to hitching oh they're so cheap here Uber in Wyoming is like the Uber will be here in two days so were you sort of circling back to the hitchhiking thing really quickly when you were with groups were you sort of the the hitching wife or the hiker wife where 
you were the bait to catch the car and then all of the, the guys or whatever would pour out of the sides and jump in? There's definitely, uh, whenever someone would be like, oh, will you be my ride, Brad? I would like to be like, absolutely not. Don't ever call me that again. <laughs> but it doesn't, I mean, it works that it's like, it's to my benefit to have like a big dude with me in a lot of ways because it's less scary for me. And I think also people in some ways like to pick up two people. If they're like, oh, they yeah. have a friend and they didn't kill the friend. So at least we know that. Yeah. And you make the big dude seem safer too for them. Yeah, yeah, they love it because they're like, oh, you're harmless. I'm like, I didn't kill you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We make a dynamic duo. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, as a woman, people definitely are very likely to just be like, oh, my God, please let me hitch with you. And then some dude will be like, oh, you have it so easy. And you're like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) At the same time, you don't worry about being murdered by your hitch quite so much. So, yeah, like, you know, it's a double edged sword. Is that the right? Yeah. Yep, that's exactly it. Did you have any issues with you saying that, you know, a big dude not having issues with with hitching, but did you have any issues with stream crossings or anything like that? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, mostly on the PCT and the Sierras, because I northbounded. I was in the Sierras in like June 10th or something like that. And there was one stream crossing where I like drank a ton of caffeine and I was super amped and I was, yeah, I'm going to crush this stream crossing and I have like four other people in my trail family and I like get to the stream crossing and my friend who's six foot something is there and I'm all right I'm going for it it's massive bear creek it's huge it was huge at the time and mm-hmm. I just walk in and immediately have, oh my god and I be swept away and he like jumps in and walks me across and that honestly gotta say great time to have a big dude it sounds like it like he didn't carry me across making like a human chain is really mm-hmm. great way to approach stream crossings. Also trekking poles. It's one way in which trekking poles yes. are really nice. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because I usually don't carry them. But for for a stream crossing or like for the Hayduke, I'd use them to look for quicksand. The Hayduke nice. has quicksand. Fantastic. It does. Have, okay. It has it has all some obstacles. Yeah, no quicksand on the PCT. Did you ever do a, a stream crossing by yourself or were you always either luckily or you waited for people to catch up to you? To do I a did a lot crossing? of, I did a lot of them alone. I think I'm trying to think what else. The two big ones in the Sierras I remember as being evolution and bear Creek, but there were a lot that would just be like surprise scary or like on the CDT, there were a few where I was like, what the fuck? Right. Or there was one on the CDT where like it was in Yellowstone and no one thought it was going to be a big issue. And it was this log that was kind of icy because it was freezing because it's Wyoming and it's always cold. And I was, oh, I'm going to like shimmy across the log. Like I shimmy across this log. I'm like my finger, like my leg and my one arm are like caught in the water. And I'm just, ah! And finally pump my way up the log and like kind of fall in the creek and pull myself back into the shore. And I'm, that was embarrassing. And I look up my friends watching me from upstream I'm like, wait, you didn't feel like saying something? <laughs> He's like, you just went downstream. It was fine. I was like, asshole. <laughs> but another friend of ours had tried to walk the log and fell. And like, there's a video of it. Hit himself on the ribs and his phone goes flying into the creek. And then oh. spent like an hour trying to get the phone out of the creek. And some guy pounds, comes along and like gets the phone out with his toes somehow and is like no big man i have very dexterous toes or some like other super like weird through making thing to say <laughs> and like the phone oh, still works and i oh i was like that's incredible you owe pounds a dinner <laughs> probably or something at least yeah 
that stuck out as something I did alone. I was like, I'm going to cry. Yeah. Did you have any issues with rattlesnakes or anything like that? I saw a bunch. I saw a number on the PCT. I saw a bunch on the, I saw huge ones on the AZT. just like gargantuan, but they're, I mean, you hear them. Mm-hmm. They'll just be there kind of like doing their rattlesnake thing. You're like, oh, rattlesnake. And you wait or you try to go around. You can try to like throw sticks at them or poke them, I guess. I usually just wait. I'm like, that's fine. I'll wait. <laughs> I'll be here. You do your thing. Right. A few times, I'm not going like, anywhere oh, fast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you're like, you know what? I take it back. I was not in a rush to get to the next water source. I'm gonna hang out. Yeah, yeah. Did you? I mean, you started the you started the PCT going heavy mileage. What was yes. the longest day that or longest mileage that you did on the PCT? Um, on the PCT, maybe like forty something miles. Was there? What was the reason behind that? I oh, I'm sure there was no reason. I think. <laughs> Just because you could? It was, it it just, both times it just kind of happened. I was like, today's the day. The first time was in a desert. It was going into Hikertown. I'd done like 20 miles into Hikertown. Everyone was, oh, there's a bridge in 18 miles. Because after Hikertown, you do the, you walk the LA Aqueduct and it's super Mm -hmm. exposed and hot. And it had been like 100 something degrees during the day. So we're like, cool, we're going to night hike 18 more miles to this bridge. It's 5 p.m. (laughs) Wow. Uh, and so we walked to the bridge, which is like the bridge is a total joke, <laughs> not good in any way for shade. And there's, I think there's mm-hmm. a time lapse video somewhere of everyone like shifting with the shade of the bridge during the day, like waiting out the sun. Because <laughs> the sh- there's only like just enough room for like the 20 hikers there for them all to sit in the shade. Right. But, so I guess that Do you know was, who like, has that video? I, if it's some photographer, I'm sure I could ask people who are there. I think I saw it on Reddit or something, maybe. I was like, oh, it's me. Yeah, that was the first one. The second time was in Northern California going into Syed Valley. And I was just like, I want to wake up and eat pancakes. Okay. Okay. Um, so me and my hiking buddy were like, cool, we're going to walk until we get there. We got there at like midnight. And it was like 40 something. And that was fun. And I felt like a badass. I was like, yes, going to eat pancakes and not at all feel dehydrated and horrible tomorrow. And I woke up feeling very dehydrated and horrible. <laughs> I'm like on the lawn of like an RV park, and they're like, "Why are you here?" I was like, Sorry, that was rude. So, so you just got in at midnight and just sort of set up your tent somewhere, and oh, I absolutely or, just like climbed into my cowboy bag, camp. just like on the lawn, <laughs> fully cowboy camp. I think it, we like we wow. went to them. We we're like, "Hey, like we slept in your lawn last night. We want to pay," and they're like, "Okay, <laughs> it's fine. Thank you for your honesty or whatever." Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the CDT, I got more. Around the AVT and the CDT, I was big days. <laughs> yeah, it was something like 89 miles or something. Yeah, which... yeah I did 89 miles on the CDT. Over how many like hours? 30, it was like 30-something hours. Okay. So just, I don't know, unnecessary. Like, not faster than just doing a 50 and then a 50. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be clear, it's not an efficient way to hike. But it was fun to be like, let's see how loopy we can get. I did that with Laura, the real Laura the Explorer, who is mm-hmm. my roommate now. And we're like, we were bonded to this 89 mile hike. Right. Was that in the Great Basin? It was, yeah. Everybody that I talk to who's done the CDT is kind of like, we try to get through these, the Great Basin as fast as humanly possible. Yeah. It was funny because like me and Laura were like, oh, it was the NAR. And our friend Rusty got into town like two days after us. And we're like, oh, Rusty, we're so sorry. We left you in the NAR. And he was like, you know, guys, it's not the NAR if you do it at like a normal human pace. <laughs> like, you know, what? that's a really good point. But not nearly as much fun. Yeah, no, not nearly as much fun. 
And when you did the 89, like there was no need after that to do another long day or you were kind of like, okay, we're good. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I think the next day we still had to do like 25 miles into town. I book. <laughs> oh man. Dark. How is particularly after doing it? I mean, it's, I would think it's one thing to say, okay, we're going to do a night hike where those are going to be our prime, like in the desert where that's going to be our primary hiking time. So it's not like you've got 20 or whatever miles on your legs already. Yeah. But how yeah. is, how is night hiking when you've already done 25 miles or whatever it is? And you get loopy. I think when we did the 89 miles, we'd done like 45 by sunset mm-hmm. and it's just, you get weird. You're like, Oh, is that a person? You're like, no, why would there be a person here? Maybe it's a person. You're like, see a light and you're like, it's the snack bar. There's a snack bar here now. Like, why would there's <laughs> obviously no snack bar in the fucking desert, but you're like, maybe there's an area. Just really delusional. We would sing to each other. When you're alone, it's even weirder because you're like, I am going to be murdered by deer. The deer <laughs> are going to get me. It's just like totally loopy and totally like off the wall. But with that, with you and Laura, you guys were basically hiking close together for eight, for the 89. Oh, no. We were like basically holding hands. We were like Shania Twain. <laughs> Got we're it. falling out on this. We are telling stories about heartbreaks from five years ago. We are like talking about my cat. I'm always talking about my cat. And I think we got like our friends surprised us with magic at like two in the morning. And oh, they gave really? us they gave us a fireball shots specifically. Nice. Yeah, so that got weird, but and we're like walking, we're like, We're drunk, goodbye. <laughs> Continued hiking until five o'clock the next night. Yeah. There's nothing quite like the hangover setting in at like ten AM and you haven't slept any of those hours. How do you keep, I mean, hang on, hang over aside. How do you keep going when you're, how many hours was that total? That was like, I want to say 36 hours okay. without stopping. How do you keep how going? You... Uh, caffeine pills. The motivate. I think like you have to kind of convince yourself that like somehow completing this task will like, uplift you to like the next level of yourself or like you will emerge like a hardened warrior or something Mm -hmm. just like a little weird and like delusional and too caught up in like hero psycho that doesn't really exist but you were a badass for doing it yeah you're like yeah i think i definitely spent a lot of time stoking my own ego like suck it boys it helped doing that day specifically all the guy like doug was like I'm going to hike the longest day ever. And you're like, okay, I will hike such a long day that you could never conceivably out hike us. And then when they were like, cause they're making documentaries. So like we get there and they're like, what do you have to say? And I was like, suck it, Doug. And then I was like, why does Doug hate me? Cause I'm shit talking Doug. <laughs> exactly. If you want to get it out and actually measure. Yeah. 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 It helps to have like people that you're competing against. Oh, uh, I'm sure. Competition brings out the best in us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With night hiking, not on the extreme side of it, but just night mm-hmm. hiking in general, did you do very much of that? I I actually try to avoid it usually. I like to hike like at night in the sense of like before the sun rises. Mm-hmm. But I don't like once the sun sets, I like I definitely get super spooked out by animals. I'll do it with friends. I think it's fun. It really depends. It's a nice time to get miles in, especially when it's yeah. hot out. It's easier. If it's not like the woods, it's nice. Like in the desert, I prefer it. Makes sense. Yeah, it's not. It's fine. I do it sometimes. Some people are really into it. Laura does it all the time. I sometimes, <laughs> depending on the trail, my mood, how brave I'm feeling. <laughs> 
like whether or not I had a caffeine pill at 6 p.m. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's very uh, dependent upon situation. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah I'm not sure. <laughs> I think it's also like you might be like, no, but then change your mind. Mm-hmm. For feet, what, what did you use? What were you hiking with? I, for feet, I, yeah, my own. I'm just kidding. Um, I used the Ultra nice. Superiors for a long time, and those were fine. I started getting bone spurs with them on the CDT. I switched to the New Balance Minimus, which I think is the best, but it is no longer made. So now I've been using Bedrocks, and they're fine. You, you've been using, is that New Balance Bedrock? Yeah, uh, Bedrocks okay. are the sandals. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think I'm a sandal hiker. I think I need to find a sneaker that works. Got it. What about socks? I use darn toughs, and I've also used smart wools, and I like both equally. Some people are like wristing, wrist stopping. I don't. It's whatever. They're fine. They're all. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever does it. Yeah. What about your pack? I don't remember if you said that or not. I used an MLD Burn. I just got a Superior Wilderness Designs, and I like it. I love the Burn. I don't know. I tend to use 30 liter packs. I like kind of condensing my stuff down to that size. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I kind of go back and forth. So there wasn't one pack that that you hiked with and you're like, oh my God, this is the bomb. Definitely the MLD burn. It's just, there's such a long time to like get them. You order them and they're like, it'll be there next year. (laughs) I don't have time. Like, um, so part of me is like, yes, that pack is great. And part of me is like, no, I, I refuse. (laughs) There's too much baggage atta- attached. Too much, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was I? I guess let's we'll finish it with a cu- with just a couple of quick questions. One is like, what was your best day on trail for the PCT and the CDT? The PCT, well, I think like my second day in the desert. I made a friend. I camped with my friend. <laughs> looked at a beautiful mm-hmm. sunset and just felt this really like grand sense of smallness in a lot okay. of ways. Yeah. Where I felt like, wow, I am truly like insignificant, but also part of this huge world that is so beautiful in so many ways. And like, that's awesome. And I'm going to meet people. And like, it doesn't matter if the connections are fleeting because Mm -hmm. it's always beautiful to connect. Like, I don't know. It was very humbling. And on the CDT, it was definitely the night that Rusty made all of us dance to the hokey pokey. The hokey pokey, huh? He's like, thanks, guys. That was my dream. (laughs) (laughs) And that was my best night on the CDT. Yeah, I, that's that's on trail. Unique, yeah, on trail. Yeah, wow. That that's one for the yeah. books. I like it. Yeah, it was cute. So I just just uh, I know you've got to get going. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go. But before I do that, if people wanted to reach out to you or people wanted to follow you on on your continuing adventures, where where can they do that? Where should they do that? I have Instagram. <laughs> yeah, and Meg 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 Egg on Instagram. Okay. Perfect. And is there anything else that you feel like we might have missed that we we should have talked about? I don't know. I guess I would just say that to anyone who's like thinking about through hiking or unsure to just stop and listen to yourself and like not get too caught up in like obsessing over everyone's different advice because everyone's advice Mm -hmm. has small amounts of things that are true for you. But it's like ultimately your journey and it's whatever you want it to be too. And that's what makes it awesome. 
Well said. Yeah. Well, on that note, I will uh, let you get on with your with your exciting Friday night. So thank you. <laughs> Thrilling Friday. All right. Thank you for talking. Thank you for calling Thank me. you. I, I love it. It, it. You sort of put all the pieces together. I mean, obviously, a couple of people have mentioned beans to me at this point. So so you really helped to kind of come full circle and, and tie it all up. And I love that. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Have a great Friday night. You too. notes and links for Meg's gear can be found on our website at hiking-through.com. Special thanks to Meg for sharing her stories from the trails and Maya Wynn for the use of the song Try Again. I would love to hear about your trail stories as well. Please email me at hikingthroughpodcast at gmail.com or you can also DM me on Instagram at hikingthroughpodcast. We would also love it if you would find us on your favorite podcast provider and leave a review. I'll see you on the trail.